This Rise and Shine podcast series has been made possible by the generosity of the Zeitelman Family Foundation, which is committed to the unity and continuity of the Jewish people through meaningful and relevant Jewish education and wisdom. True companionship doesn't come from being with someone who's identical to you, but from being with someone who's different from you. By virtue of the different ways our friends view the world, they can open our eyes to new understandings. This is Rise and Shine, a podcast that offers timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations to fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. Here is Adrian Gold Davis. One of the most painful things in the world can be the death of a friendship. Not the sudden and abrupt shock of an argument or a betrayal that cuts off all contact and all capacity to repair it. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm referring to that slow death by unreturned phone calls and texts not responded to for a day or two. And those lame excuses like, oh, I'm so sorry, I've been really busy, or the equally frustrating, yeah, got a lot going on around here. It's like there's this persistent buzz in the air. You get this pit in your stomach. And the ease of that previously unthought-about relationship, that automatic lifting of the phone or the tapping of the quick response, well, kind of hangs in the air and it sits on your chest. Can I? Do I want to let this relationship go? Should I confront the obvious chill in the air? Do I even want to? In my experience, friendships are a woman's city of refuge. They're the place where you are utterly yourself and completely interdependent. In fact, when I'm having issues with a friend, it's oftentimes more painful than an argument with my own husband because it's as though all the safety hatches have been closed, as though my emotional tether has been cut. And there I am, floating in space without an anchor to the mothership. And that mothership is one's relationship with their best friend. There's people in my life who I love and respect and whom I rarely speak to. They occupy a permanent seat in my heart. And even if we speak once a year or once a decade, nothing will ever change that. But those friendships are not the day-to-day dependencies of a best friend's validation and access. And my friend's access is everything. I can tell when a friend is struggling by the tone of her message, even the tone of her text. There are tells in relationships. There's greetings or tones that tell you that something needs tending. And you do so. Because the thought of losing that easy closeness is terrifying. Because while it can be vaguely annoying, what's worse is the thought of life without them. Friendships develop based on many scenarios. A work friend who is the highlight of your day may disappear from your orbit when you change jobs. The woman you carpool with who knows your kids and seems to love them despite that is another easy connection until you switch schools. But some friendships eclipse all circumstances and scenarios, and they are often the most painful ones to lose. There seems to be times in life where the chemistry between friends just changes. 
And it's not necessarily out of lifestyle change or even changes of ideology. Sometimes it's simply a slow and imperceptible shifting of energies. And that which was your lifeline can become filled with landmines. The Torah speaks a lot about the power and the importance of friendship. The Talmud dramatically says, either a friend or death. And Sefer Hamidos Lehameyeri says, a person without a friend is like a left hand without a right one. So clearly this implies that friendship is a relationship that makes us truly alive, that our connectivity and loyalty, our commitment and its consequential rewards make us feel like we don't have one emotional hand tied behind our back. In Perke Avot, Ethics of Our Fathers, we learn that friendship is so vital that we should be willing to pay for it. Acquire a friend is what it says, which implies paying for it. But what does this linguistic quirk imply? Well, there are costs involved in sustaining friendships. And while not all those costs are financial, there are investments of time and patience and loyalty and sometimes the discomfort of tolerating the seemingly intolerable. But most of all, friendship is the basis of peace of mind, even within marriages. Rabbi Dan Roth wrote this. The Torah alludes to this in its account of Adam and Chava, Eve, the first friendship that ever existed between people. God looked at Adam and said, It's not good for man to be alone. God ended man's loneliness by creating woman, a being with a vastly different temperament than man. We see that true companionship doesn't come from being with someone who's identical to you, but from being with someone who's different from you. By virtue of the different ways our friends view the world, they can open our eyes to new understandings. Of course, the point is not to look for friends who are totally unlike ourselves and with whom we share nothing in common. It's just important to understand that instead of feeling uncomfortable when our differences arise, we should appreciate that the prime purpose of a friend is our personal growth and that it is the differences that make this possible. So, what to do when you feel like a friendship is dying? If this has been a long relationship that was once deeply rewarding and productive, a relationship where you enabled growth in each other, a relationship that was not about colluding and complaining but stretching each other and expanding together, then try to resuscitate it. Work as hard as you can to understand what went wrong, if anything. Admit and apologize if necessary. Be clear and open and vulnerable but try to save it. King Solomon wrote in Kohelet, or Ecclesiastes, that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him that's alone when he falls, for he has not another to help him up. Just as marriages can go through periods of discontent and even of disinterest, just as relationships with our children can be, let's just say, less than optimal at times, we push through them, and the reward for that is profound. Friendships require the same efforts. There is a great 
pleasure in having a shared history with someone, and that shared history needs a strong present, a commitment for the long haul, a friendship that could be saved, but no attempt was made is a tragedy and a heartbreak. This week, can you try to breathe new life into a relationship that needs resuscitation? Can you drop a note or make a call? Can you make plans to catch up? And if the silence has gone on for too long, try just writing something like this. I miss us. What part can I play in rebuilding our friendship? If the answer is no answer, well, you may have your answer, but you will know that you sincerely tried. And as Perke Avot so wisely teaches, according to the effort is the reward. Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Adrian again next time for more timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations that fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. This podcast was sponsored by the Zeitelman Family Foundation. Spread the wisdom. Inspire Jewish individuals around the globe by supporting Momentum's podcasts. To sponsor, contact podcast at MomentumUnlimited.org. You're listening to a Momentum podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.